Have you ever laid in bed, comfortably tucked under the covers, eyes closed shut, body perfectly still, but finding it impossible to fall asleep? Or have you woken up randomly in the middle of the night, and for no good reason you just can't seem to find a way to get back to sleep? Or do you spend time at night, anxiously worried about tomorrow, and you can't seem to get your mind off it? If you can relate to any of these questions, then you're in the right place. This is the Sound Asleep Podcast, where bedtime is better with a sleep story. I'm your host, Kevin. A few years ago, I consistently found myself struggling to fall asleep at night. The moment my head hit the pillow, I was restless, and my mind would race, thinking about anything and everything. Then one day, I stumbled upon sleep stories and their incredible relaxing power that would help me fall asleep. I wanted to share this incredible gift, and I started to publish my own sleep stories for the world's largest meditation app, Insight Timer. After a few months and a couple hundred thousand downloads, I figured it was time to share this with the rest of the world. And that's how this podcast came to be. So go ahead, relax, and let me read you a story so you can have a great night's sleep tonight. Tonight, we continue the story of Bambi, A Life in the Woods. Written by Felix Salton. This is the second part of a multi-part series. Before we get started with our story, let's go ahead and find a very comfortable position. Whether you are sitting, standing, or lying down, try to make yourself as comfortable as possible. When you're ready, go ahead and take a nice deep breath. On the exhale, let's settle down and begin our story. Bambi, the life in the woods. Deep among the trees was a place that belonged to Bambi's mother. It lay only a few steps from the narrow path used by the deer, but it was nearly impossible to find for anyone who did not know where that little gap through the dense bushes was hidden. It was a narrow space, so narrow that it had room for just Bambi and his mother to fit in. And it was so low that when Bambi's mother stood up, her head would be immersed amongst the tiny twigs and branches that served as the ceiling. Hazel bushes, azalea, and dogwood all grew here. And the little sunlight that came down through the forest canopy would be caught by them so that it never reached as far as the ground. This was the room where Bambi and his mother made their home. Now his mother lay asleep, cuddled up close and warm on the ground. Bambi had slept a little too, but now he had become quite lively, 
and a bit restless. He stood up and took a look around. Here, deep in the woods, it was shadowy and almost dark. The breathing of the wood could be heard as it gently rustled inside in the light wind. Here and there, the wrens would chirp, joined by the bright laughter of a woodpecker or by the cheerless bark of a crow. All else, near and far, was quiet. The air was still warm from the heat of the day, and even that could be heard if you listened carefully. Here, deep in the woods, it was humid and sweltering. Bambi looked down at his mother. Are you asleep? No, his mother was not sleeping. She had woken up right away when Bambi had stood up. What are we going to do now? Bambi asked. Nothing, his mother answered. We're going to stay just where we are. Lie down, like a good child, and go back to sleep. But Bambi did not feel like sleeping. Come on, he begged. Let's go into the meadow. His mother raised her head. To the meadow? Now? At this hour? She sounded tired and a bit irritated. Can't we just go to the meadow for a little bit? He asked shyly. Not now, my child. It is no longer our turn to enjoy the meadow. That's why we have to stay here, where we are now. Lie down and rest your body a bit longer. But Bambi did not want to lie down again. What makes this place any different than the meadow? He asked. Nighttime is a different time for the meadow. Other animals like to visit it and enjoy its many wonders. We take this time at night to rest because we are safely guarded. All the bushes and trees are watching over us. The twigs and the bushes rustle. The rough brushwood on the ground cracks and gives us warning. The dead leaves from last year lie on the ground and rustle to give us a sign. The jays are here. The magpies, too. They keep watch over us. And that's how we know that we are perfectly safe right where we are. What does that mean? Bambi inquired. The dead leaves from last year? Bambi was born in the middle of the summer, and he had only known the sun to be hot, the trees to be green, and the honeybees to always be buzzing about. Come and sit beside me, said his mother. I'll tell you all about it. Bambi gladly went and sat beside her and snuggled in close while she explained to him that the trees do not stay green all the time. That the sunshine and the lovely warmth go away. Then it gets cold. The leaves turn yellow because of the frost. They go brown and red. And one by one, they fall off the trees so that they and the bushes reach their naked branches to the sky and look completely empty. But the dead leaves lie on the ground, and when they're disturbed by something's foot, they rustle. Oh, they're very good, these dead leaves from last year. They do us a very good service by being eager and by keeping watch the way that they do. And now, 
in the middle of summer, there are still lots of them hidden under the things growing on the ground. And they warn about any danger long before it gets near. Bambi pressed close against his mother. He forgot all about the meadow. It was so cozy and comfortable to sit here and to listen to what his mother had to say. Then, when his mother stopped speaking, he thought about what she had said. He thought it was very nice of the good old leaves to watch over them so carefully. Even though they were dead and had been frozen, and had gone through so many things already, he loved the vibrant green color of them as they hung quietly alive from all the trees surrounding him. The next morning, he went back out into the meadow with his mother. He thought he knew by now about everything that could be seen or heard there. But it turned out that he still did not know as much as he had thought. Initially, everything was the same as his first time there. His mother allowed him to play tag with her. He ran around in circles and throughout the wide open space. The lofty sky and the freedom of the air were all so exhilarating that he rushed about with endless joy. After a time, he noticed that his mother was standing still. He stopped suddenly as he was turning, so suddenly that his forelegs were spread wide apart. His mother, a little way away, seemed to be talking with someone, but he could not make out in the long grass who that could be. Curious, Bambi crept closer. There, in the tangle of grass stems, there were two long furry ears poking out. They were grayish-brown, and the black stripes on them made them quite pretty. Bambi hesitated, but his mother said to him, Come here, Bambi. This is our friend, the rabbit. Come on, then. Let him see you. Bambi ran over to his mother straight away. There sat the rabbit, very honest and wise he looked. His long ears rose in powerful grandeur high above his head. Then they fell back down and hung limply, as if they had been suddenly transformed into something soft. When Bambi saw the rabbit's whiskers, which extended stiff and straight all around his mouth, he began to think about them. But he noticed that the rabbit had a very kind face. All his features seemed to indicate a good nature, and his big round eyes looked modestly out at the world. He really did look like a friend. Good evening, young sir, said the rabbit with carefully chosen politeness. Bambi merely nodded back to him. He did not know why, but all he could do was nod. What a handsome young prince, said the rabbit to Bambi's mother. He looked at Bambi carefully as he raised one of his ears, and then, soon after, the other ear, and then both of them. Sometimes he would let them drop suddenly and hang limply. Bambi did not like this because he could not understand it. 
the rabbit continued gently to examine Bambi with his big round eyes. His nose and his mouth, surrounded by magnificent whiskers, were in continual movement, like the way someone's nose and lips will twitch when trying hard not to sneeze. Bambi could not help but to laugh, and the rabbit immediately and with good will joined in with the laughter. Only his eyes became more thoughtful. I congratulate you, he said to Bambi's mother. I sincerely congratulate you on having a beautiful son like this. He raised himself upright and now sat erect on his back legs, which astonished Bambi immensely. After he had had a good look all around and his nose moving vigorously, he sat politely back down on all fours. Please, enjoy your time in the meadow, he said. I have many different things to do this evening. Please forgive me for not staying long. His ears pressed down on his shoulders. He turned around and hopped away. Goodbye, called Mamby to him as he went. His mother smiled. He is a good rabbit, so simple and so modest. It is not easy for him in this world either. There was sympathy in her voice. Bambi walked around a little, allowing his mother to eat her food. He hoped he would come across the friends that he had met earlier, but he would also love to make some new friends. It was not entirely clear to him what he was missing, but he always felt he was waiting for something. Suddenly, he heard a gentle rustling from far across the meadow and felt slight, rapid knocking in the ground. He looked up. Over where the woods began, there was something that flitted through the grass. There were two of them. Bambi glanced at his mother, but she did not seem to be worried about anything and had her head deep in the grass. But at the other side of the meadow, there was something rushing around in circles, just like he had been doing himself earlier on. Bambi was so astonished that he stumbled backwards, as if he meant to run away. His mother noticed him and raised her head. What's the matter? she called. But Bambi was speechless. He could find no words, and merely repeated, over there. Something. Over there. His mother looked in that direction. Oh, I see, she said. That's my cousin. And you're right, she has a little child, too. No, actually it looks like she has two children. His mother had spoken cheerfully, but now she became more serious. Wow, Ina has two children. Really. She has two. Bambi stood and stared. Over there he could now see a figure. A figure that looked just like his mother. He had not noticed her before. But now he could see two things that continued moving in circles in the grass. But only their chestnut red backs could be seen. Come on, said his mother. Let's go over there to them. We'll have some company there. 
Bambi wanted to run there, but his mother only walked slowly, looking all around her with each step. So Bambi held himself back. He was very excited, though, very impatient. His mother continued speaking. I thought we'd come across Ina again sometime. Now, where's she hiding? I knew she had a child, too. That was easy to guess, but two children? They had long been spotted by the others, who now were coming towards them. Bambi had to say hello to his aunt, but he had eyes only for her children. His aunt was very friendly. Yes, she said to him. Now that's Milo, and that's Daisy. You can all play together any time you like. The children stood stiffly, without moving, and stared at each other. Milo stayed close beside Daisy, while Bambi was directly in front of them. None of them moved. They stood and gaped. Go on then, said Bambi's mother. You'll soon all be friends. What a nice-looking child, Ina responded. Really, very nice indeed. So strong and with such good posture. Yes, he is such a blessing, his mother said modestly. But Ina, you've got two children. Yes, that's what happens now and again, Ina explained. But you do know, my dear, I've had many children before. Bambi is my first said his mother. Well, you see, Ina reassured her, it might be different for you, too, next time. The children were still standing there and watching each other. None of them said a word. Daisy suddenly jumped and dashed away. The whole thing had become too boring for her. In an instant, Bambi ran after her, and Milo followed. They rushed around in circles. They turned around as quick as a flash. They tumbled over each other. They chased each other up and down. It was all wonderful fun. When they suddenly stopped, a little short of breath, they were all good friends with each other, and they began to talk. Bambi told them about how he had spoken with the good little grasshopper and the butterfly. Have you been talking with a shiny beetle, too? asked Daisy. No, Bambi had never spoken with a shiny beetle. He did not know him at all and had no idea who that might be. I often talk with him, Daisy explained, slightly boastfully. I was towed off by the J, said Bambi. Really? asked Milo in amazement. The J was rude to you? Milo was often in amazement at things. He was exceptionally modest. Then. He added, the hedgehog poked me in the nose, but he only mentioned that in passing. Who was the hedgehog? Bambi asked cheerfully. It felt so wonderful to be standing there, to have friends, and to be hearing so many exciting things. The hedgehog is a terrible creature, exclaimed Daisy, covered in big spikes all over his body, and he's very spiteful too. Do you really think he's spiteful? asked Milo. He never does any harm to anyone. What do you mean? replied Daisy quickly. Didn't he poke you in the nose? Oh, that was only because I wanted to talk to him, Milo objected. 
and it was only a little poke. It didn't hurt very much. Bambi went closer to Milo. Why didn't he want to talk to you? He never wants to talk to anyone, Daisy added. As soon as anyone gets near him, he rolls up into a ball, with his spikes sticking out in every direction. Our mother tells us he's one of those people that just doesn't want anything to do with the world. Perhaps he's just afraid, thought Milo. But Daisy understood it better. Mother says you shouldn't have anything to do with people like that. Bambi suddenly asked Milo, Do you know what the danger is? Now the other two also became serious, and the three of them put their heads together. Milo thought about it. He made a real effort to work it out, as he could see that Bambi was very curious about the answer. The danger, he whispered. The danger. That's something very bad. Yes, Bambi insisted. Yes, something very bad indeed. But what? All three of them shuddered at the horror of it. Daisy suddenly called out loudly. The danger is when you have to run away from it. She jumped away. She didn't want to stay there and feel afraid. It was time for some fun again. Bambi and Milo jumped straight after her. They started to play again and tumbled about in the green and rustling silk of the meadow, where they soon forgot about that serious question. After a while, they stopped and stood close to each other as they had before, and they began to talk. They looked over to their mothers. They, too, were happily close to each other, eating a little and holding a gentle conversation. Aunt Ina lifted her head and called over to her children. Milo, Daisy, we've got to go soon. And Bambi's mother warned him, too. Come on, Bambi, it's time to go. Oh, not yet, Daisy begged crossly. Just a little bit longer. Bambi begged, too. Oh, please, let's stay longer. It's so nice here. And Milo quietly repeated what they both had said. It's so nice here, please, just a little bit longer. Ina looked at Bambi's mother. There, what did I tell you? They've already become inseparable best friends. Then something else happened. And it was something much bigger than all the other things that Bambi had experienced that day. A thumping and a rumbling came out of the woods that could be felt all through the ground. Branches of trees cracked. Twigs rustled. Before anyone could react, the sound broke its way out of the thicket. One of them with a rustling and a banging, the other in a great rush behind him. They ran forward like a storm wind, completed a broad arc across the meadow, disappeared back into the woods where they could be heard galloping. They hurtled once more out of the thicket, and then they suddenly stopped and stood quietly, twenty paces apart from each other. Bambi looked at them and did not move. They looked a little like his mother and Aunt Ina, but on their heads there was a glittering crown of antlers made of brown pearls and bright white prongs. Bambi could not move. He looked at one, and then at the other, 
One of them was smaller than the other, and his crown was less developed, too. But the other had a beauty that gave him an air of authority. He held his head high, and his crown was even higher. It sparkled from the darkness into the light. It was adorned with the majesty of many black and brown pearls, and the long white tips glittered in the sunshine. Oh, exclaimed Daisy in amazement. Milo repeated her quietly. Bambi, though, said nothing at all. He was captivated and silent. The two of them now began to move, getting further apart from each other as they went, each of them to a different side of the meadow, and there they went slowly back into the woods. The majestic figure came up quite close to the children, Bambi's mother and Aunt Ina. His step showed a quiet glory. He held his noble head up high like a king and spared no one with so much as a glance. The children did not dare to breathe or move until he had disappeared back into the thicket. They looked around, trying to see him, but just at that moment the green doors of the wood closed behind him. Daisy was the first to break the silence. Who was that? she exclaimed, but her usual proud voice had a quiver in it. In a voice that could hardly be heard, Milo repeated her. Who was that? Bambi was silent. Aunt Ina said joyfully, Those were your fathers. Nothing else was said, and the group moved slowly apart. Aunt Ina went with her children into the nearest patch of undergrowth. That was the way they always went. Bambi and his mother had to go right across the meadow to the oak tree to get to the path that they usually took. For a long time, he remained silent until finally he asked, Did they not see us? His mother understood what he meant and replied, Of course they saw us. They see everything. Bambi felt shy and did not dare to ask any more questions, but the wish to do so overcame his shyness. Why? he began, and then he was silent again. His mother helped him. What is it that you want to say, my child? Why didn't they stay with us? They don't stay with us, his mother answered. Only now and then. Why didn't they speak to us? His mother said. They don't speak to us, only now and then. We have to wait until they talk to us, if they want to. Bambi became irritated and asked, Will my father speak to me? Of course he will, my child, his mother promised him. When you're grown up, he'll speak to you, and sometimes he'll let you be with him. In silence, Bambi went closer to his mother his mind filled with thoughts about the appearance of his father. He's so beautiful, he thought, and then again, so regal. His mother seemed to be able to read his mind. She said, If you listen to me, my child, and you stay safe and avoid danger, you'll be as strong and as beautiful as your father, and you'll carry a crown on your head just like his. Bambi took a deep breath. His heart became big with happiness and anticipation. 
time went by and Bambi went through many new experiences. It sometimes even made him dizzy having so many things to learn. Now he knows how to listen, not just hear what is happening nearby, so close that it forces itself into your ears. No, there is certainly no art in that. Now he can listen properly and with understanding to anything that happens, however gently it moves. He can listen to every fine rustling that the wind brings in. He knows, for instance, when there is a pheasant running through the undergrowth. He recognizes quite exactly that gentle scurrying that continually stops and then starts again. He can even recognize the mice in the woods from the sound they make as they run to and fro. Then there are the moles who rush around in circles, making a rustling noise under the elder bushes when they're in a good mood. He knows the brash, clear call of the falcons and listens to it as it changes to an angry tone when a hawk or an eagle comes close. He knows the gentle sound of the woodland pigeons, the lovely, distant swish of the ducks as they flap their wings, and the frightful scurry of the bugs across the forest floor. He is slowly learning to understand things by his sense of smell. He will soon understand them as well as his mother. He can understand what he is smelling as soon as he draws in a breath. Oh, that's clover and that's lavender, he thinks when the wind is blowing in from the meadow. And he can smell when his friend the rabbit is outside. Among all the smells of leaves, soil, herbs, and wild onions, he can tell when the weasel is going past by putting his nose to the ground and testing it thoroughly. He can also tell that the fox has been there. Oftentimes, he might notice that somewhere nearby there are his relatives, Aunt Ina, with her children. He is now completely at ease with the night, and no longer feels such a great longing to go and run about in the light of the day. Now he is happy to spend his days lying in the little shady space in the undergrowth with his mother. He hears the heat of the air, and he sleeps. Now and then he wakes up and listens and smells, which is the proper thing to do. Everything is as it should be. There are only the little birds who would sometimes chatter with each other. The crickets in the grass are almost never able to stay quiet among themselves, and the wood pigeons never stop proclaiming their gentleness, and they do so with enthusiasm. He has grown very fond of the nighttime in the forest. Everything is sparkling, everything is moving, but of course you have to be careful in the nighttime. You have less to worry about, you can go anywhere you want to. And everywhere you go, you come across people you know, and they too will be more carefree than they are at other times. In the night, the forest is solemn and silent. There are voices to be heard, just a few of them, and in all this stillness, they seem loud, and they sound different from the daytime voices. Bambi enjoys hearing the owl. She is so dignified as she flies, perfectly silent perfectly effortless. 
butterfly is quiet just because of her size, but the owl is so immense. And her face is so imposing, so determined, full of so much thought. Her eyes are so majestic. Bambi admires her firm gaze with its quiet courage. He enjoys listening when she talks with his mother, or with anyone else for that matter. He stands slightly to one side, a little afraid of that imperious gaze he admires so much. He does not understand much of the clever things that she says, but he does know that they are clever, and that enchants him. It fills him with admiration for the owl. The owl begins her song. It sounds different from the song of the thrush or the golden oriole, different from the friendly chirps of the quail, but Bambi loves the song of the owl. He feels a secretive earnestness in it, an indescribable cleverness and a mysterious melancholy. Then there's the brown owl, a charming little lad, dignified, faithful, and more inquisitive than most. He always wants to stir up a fuss. He calls in a voice that is shrill, terrifying, and very piercing. It sounds as if his life were in danger, but he is a cheerful character and it delights him when he startles someone. He shouts so loudly that it alarms anyone in the wood within half an hour's distance, but then he has a gentle cooing laugh just for himself, and you can only hear it if you are right next to him. Bambi had realized that the brown owl is a bit of a trickster. He is pleased when he startles somebody, or if somebody thinks something awful has happened to him. And ever since, whenever the brown owl is nearby, he rushes to him and he asks, Has something happened to you? Or he might sigh and say, Oh, you really startled me. Then the owl feels very satisfied. Yes, yes, he says with a laugh. It's quite a distressing sound, isn't it? He puffs up his feathers so that he looks like a soft gray ball, and he looks very charming. A couple of times there is even thunder and lightning, both day and night. The first time it was by day, and Bambi felt how he became afraid, when in his leafy bedroom in the woods it grew darker and darker. It seemed to him that the night had fallen down from the sky in the middle of the day. Then, as the storm roared its way through the woods so that the silent trees began to groan loudly, Pambi shook with fear. And as the lightning lit up the sky and the thunder boomed, Bambi went mad with the horror of it and thought that the world was about to be torn to pieces. He ran behind his mother, who was also slightly unsettled. She had jumped to her feet. She was walking to and fro in the thicket nervously, 
He was unable to think, unable to understand. Then the rain burst down in an angry gush. Everyone had hidden away. The woods seemed empty, and there was nowhere to flee. Even in the thickest undergrowth, you were whipped by the cool water as it rushed through. But the lightning stopped flashing. Its glowing beams no longer flamed their way through the tops of the trees. The thunder moved away, and there was only a distant rumbling to be heard. Now the rain became softer. Its broad patter could be heard everywhere for the next hour. The forest stood, breathing deeply in the still air, and allowed itself to be soaked. No one now was afraid to stand out in the open. The feeling of fear was gone, washed away by the rain. The distant clapping and rumbling of thunder mixed with the cleansing pour of the light rain proved to be a soothing lullaby for Bambi. His mother had stopped pacing and settled back down into the cozy den. Bambi, too, followed her direction and set himself down close to her. He nuzzled up to her and could feel her warmth shield him from the cool, glowing water that trickled down the stems and leaves of the nearby trees. He felt enlightened to have overcome his fear of the storm, and now he was content in letting its distant sounds lull him to sleep eager for another adventure in the beautiful woods tomorrow. He let his thoughts carry him away into a deep slumber.